0: Coming up on The Exam Room.
1: I grew up in a household. My father, the late great pastor, Eddie Jordan Jr., and he ate a pastor's diet. And the pastor's diet, for those who don't know, is anything you see, you're you're permitted to eat. So if it's a crocodile, an alligator, a raccoon, the behind of a pig, as long as you bless it in Jesus' name, you're able to consume it. So that was my father. He passed, though, that theology slash tradition down to, to all of us. And so, yes, by the time I reached the age of 23 as a police officer, I'm 260 pounds with heart issues and all sorts of problems and split my police pants. And my father, that, that way of eating that he was taught, he started having a string of strokes, ended up having nine strokes, died at age 66 on a feeding tube, 50 different medications, wearing a diaper. And I knew that I had to change when I saw him suffering from that.
0: Welcome to the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for raising your health IQ with us coast to coast in the U.S. and in more than 150 countries. Hi to everyone listening in Warren, Michigan, Fairfield, California, and Alexandria, Egypt. Wherever you are, we appreciate you helping to make the world a healthier place. This is episode 77 of season 6, number 473 overall and you want to talk about making the world a healthier place, my guest today is certainly doing that. And he's doing it through family, he's doing it through food, and he's doing it through his faith. The Minister of Wellness, Nathaniel Jordan, is making his exam room debut today. Now put yourself in Nathaniel's shoes before we get going with this interview. His grandfather had alzheimer's disease his grandmother had several chronic illnesses as you heard his father nine strokes 50 different medications was in a diaper and a vegetable at the time of his passing his three uncles all dead before the age of 66. but nathaniel while at one point in his life was on the fast track to join them he went on to lose 100 pounds reversed diabetes, improved his other conditions, and became the minister of wellness. This is such a great conversation. We don't often reach the intersection of faith and food, but we're doing that today. And we're doing it with humor and frankness and an incredible story. Matter of fact, Nathaniel calls the sad diet, what we call the standard American diet, he calls the satanic American diet, and you will hear why. But it's not just losing weight that is so extraordinary and what he's doing now. It's what he was doing for a career at the time that he lost this weight. He was a police officer in a notoriously guy-centric kind of locker room environment, dropped 100 pounds, faced ridicule until his fellow officers saw the results that he was having. And that was the genesis for what would become his healthier future. He started to coach his fellow men and women on the police force to lead healthier lives and to lose weight themselves. The results were uncanny. So eventually he retires from that, and now he's transforming lives, not just within the department, but thousands of lives around the world and following in his father's faith-based footsteps, but walking a much healthier path now as the Minister of Wellness. So I love this interview for so many reasons, and I hope that you enjoy it as well. So let's get going with this. It's faith, it's family, it's food, and a fantastic new vision for a new life. Let's tell a heck of a story. Welcome to the show.
1: It's an honor to be here, Chuck. Thank you for having me
0: true or false you were not always the pillar of health that you are today
1: no i wasn't i was like um, unfortunately i I grew up in a household my father the late great pastor eddie jordan jr from st louis missouri and he uh was a pastor and he ate uh the pastor's diet and the pastor's diet for those who don't know is anything you see you're you're permitted to eat so if it's a crocodile alligator a raccoon, the behind of a pig, as long as you bless it in Jesus name, you're able to consume it. So that was my father. He passed though that theology slash tradition down to, to all of us. And so, yes, by the time I reached the age of 23 as a police officer, I'm 260 pounds with heart issues and uh, all sorts of problems and split my police pants. and. Um, and my father, that, that way of eating that he was taught, uh, in his faith, that that's what, that's what he was taught. He was taught in the church that, that you can do that. You can eat what you want. As long as you pray over it, he started having a string of strokes, ended up having nine strokes, died at age 66 on a feeding tube, 50 different medications, wearing a diaper and i knew that i had to change uh, when i saw him suffering from that
0: <laughs> L- let me jump in here i, w- I got to run that reel back run those numbers by me again he was how old he was on how many medications at the time he had he
1: had his first stroke at age 58 ended up having nine his last stroke of blood vessel burst in his brain hemorrhagic stroke that was the ninth one that killed him the eighth stroke i was there the night he had his eighth stroke and I came and he was a vegetable breathing real hard in his wheelchair. And I was able to say my final words to him. And six hours later, my mother uh, was called me crying So I was, I was there the night before he passed away from, uh, when he had his eighth stroke and he was complete vegetable. And I was the first person there out of my siblings who was there when he passed away from his ninth stroke. At age 66, he was on about 50 different medications um, and he was on a feeding tube and he was in a diaper because, you know, he couldn't hold his stool anymore. And that was a very stressful time for my mother having to go through all of that. And that's not the worst of it, Chuck. His whole family went out like that. The entire family, my father was born to a family that included a father and a mother that stayed married for 60 years the father he made it to his 80s but died of terrible alzheimer's the mother had several diseases from chain smoking so they both passed away in their 80s my father was the oldest he died at age 66 uh from uh from nine strokes the brother beneath him my uncle he died at 63 from a massive heart attack then the next brother who, uh, who had a million-dollar plumbing business. He died at 59 from a heart attack from diabetes. Then the youngest brother, he was the last one to survive, and he died at age 65 from uh, after suffering several strokes. So an entire family of six that I have vivid memories of from growing up, they are gone
0: all right nathaniel let me ask you here man there's a lot to to talk about here number one um does it weigh heavily on you that you're approaching that age now and you saw everybody else's fate i mean how heavily does that burden worry you today
1: it it bothers me because there's no changes being made me myself i'm not concerned about that because of course when i learned the truth about how to eat to live or what i call the medicine, foods of God, fresh fruits and fresh vegetables, I ended up losing 100 pounds, reverse heart disease. And, and the Lord called me to be the minister of wellness in October, 2015. And every second of my life has been helping people to overcome their food addiction to what I call the satanic American diet. So I have no fear about that. What I'm concerned about are my family members, because they call this the Jordan curse, Chuck. But you, the curse is this diabolical way of eating and nobody's changing. Everyone is still eating according to how we were raised, except ironically, my mother, my mother did change and became one of my success stories. So my mother, she actually eats a lot of salad and a lot of fruits and she keeps up on her supplementation. But I'm concerned about my siblings. I'm concerned about my cousins because they are continuing the same destructive, insane eating style that they seen, that they have witnessed that wiped out an entire immediate family. Mm. Uh, so that's my concern uh, for them. And and it's and it's sad to see the the insanity, but my prayer is that. As long as I be that example and maintain that example, um, sometimes, you know, they will reach out and ask questions and so forth. But that's that's what's crazy, Chuck, is that people see the effects of this way of eating and they still want to hold on to myths and try to poo-poo why these strokes and heart attacks. You know, people want to relate strokes and heart attacks to everything except that meat and that
0: processed foods yeah and and it it blows my mind that you just when you you have meat now particularly red and processed meat listed as straight up being carcinogenic yet we still don't associate by and large those things um being unhealthy in in the general population right um and and that just blows my mind but i want to ask you if you don't mind like a, a really kind of personal question and that is your dad he was a man of faith right led the church and yet here he is being robbed of life at such a young age did you ever have conversations with your god about like why like why is this happening to this man who devoted his life to you
1: i did i i had that i asked god that question and the only reason why and and that's the reason why i do what i do as the minister of wellness, because the Lord gave me that response. And he said, is not what I did to your father it's what your father was doing to me. I have written clear instructions in my word about how we're supposed to be eating a nutrient dense, plant rich eating style. I, it's in there. And when I start studying, that's what really fueled my passion because I was like, the scriptures clearly teaches that the optimal way to eat is a fresh fruit and vegetable way of eating. Very clear. And my father, who I'm angry at, is the ones who taught him or mistaught him because he was just believing, but he was taught and they were taught and they were taught. So it is, it is gluttonous religious leaders who who don't want to who want to eat what they want they're the ones that created this warped theology and we know that when you warp religion it is the most destructive tool in the world because religion when people believe something with religious fervor chuck usually all of their logic and sanity disappears And that's what you see with this food thing that I really believe because I was taught that God would bless my pork chops to be nutritious as a salad. That's stupid to believe that, that's idiotic. So either God is a moron, (laughs) if he would really say that, or what you were taught and who you were taught by is moronic. And so my studies as the minister of wellness as a believer in jesus christ was that no we were given very clear instructions and that's why as a preacher i have been blessed to help thousands of people around the world reverse diabetes lose weight reverse high blood pressure and all i do is open up the scriptures and show them right there no this is what we're supposed to be eating and it's in his revolutionary chuck brother chuck, is revolutionary what I'm doing. Um, but it's high time that it starts to happen. It's high time that it starts to happen.
0: Yeah. And, and I think back to what it was that you said also at the beginning of the conversation. And, and again, just talking about the pork chops, it's like, well, if you bless it, it's got to be nutritious. And one of the things that you mentioned up front was like the backside of a pig. And well, at the end of the day, blessed or not, I would hope that somebody realizes that they're eating. In fact, the backside of an animal, which when you think about it like that, that just doesn't sound blessed or otherwise, like a really healthy or even tasty idea, man.
1: I know it's crazy. It's insane. When, again, when people really believe that God authorized them to to, to do something, they don't have any logic anymore. And that's why personally, as a Christian minister, I don't blame anybody that that's that, that that has a disdain for religion and and say that that no that is dangerous because this is what it does. People that are intelligent do stupid things because if you take it outside of if you take it outside of religion, as you stated, why would you think it's healthy to eat the guts of a pig called uh, which they call chitlins? Or even a shrimp is a cockroach. Uh, why would you think it's okay? So, but the, and, and that's because they believe that they really believe that some way that a prayer uh, puts cast some mysticism spell on it to where it allows them to eat what they want. But common sense should tell you that if you go into any church on Sunday, you see an incredible amount of obesity an incredible amount of comorbidities that weakens the immune system. And so we saw what the result was in the real world at the height of the pandemic. You ate yourself to death and your prayers didn't work. Your prayers did not bless your food. Your prayers did not make it nutritious to your body. And so again, the logical mind to take a step back and make some changes. And what I'm saying is that when I speak to the Lord, and ask all of these questions about why, 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 why? That's what he revealed to me and said, Minister of Wellness, no, I gave the answer. You all are listening to me. I told, I say, I clearly teach in the scriptures and, and all any Christian will say amen that uh, Jesus is gonna end all tears and no suffering, no more pain, no more death when Jesus comes back. Amen, Minister of Wellness. Well, if you believe that, why are you eating in a manner that causes tears, pain, suffering, and death upon God's creation? And that's a health instruction. See, me, how I work as the minister of wellness, Chuck, to me, that proves plant-based. Guess what I said right there? That one passage, to me, I take that and I clearly see the heart of god for his creation that that in anybody that's trying to to please him you would that would be a critical element in your spiritual walk that i am not going to eat in a manner that inflicts harm upon god's creation because because clearly we see that his heart is that one day all suffering is going to end throughout the entire earth so why not start exercising that in your
0: life now man you're you're all fired up but you're making a lot of sense I'll tell you that but I, you know I I think you know whether it's Sunday mornings in the pews in the holy confines of the church or if it's a Tuesday night out an event or out at dinner or any night of the week any day of the week you look around and you see so many people who are struggling I mean this is really an epidemic of epic proportions that has literally reached out and has its grips on nearly every single family in this country and many 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 billions more around the world I mean this is a a heck of an issue. And so that's why when I get the opportunity to speak with people such as yourself who have been in the throes of this unhealthy epidemic and have been able to come out the other side, it's such a privilege. It gets me all fired up, man. You got me all fired up now. (laughs) So let's talk about your own story. Let's individualize this and focus on you. Um, You are a police officer, which in itself is a highly stressful job. Yet at the same time, you're significantly overweight. That's also a really physical job uh, on top of that, man. So how did you balance the two being so unhealthy, so overweight and knowing the physical demands and the stress that come with that profession?
1: Well, for, well, before I was a police officer, I was in the Marines. Uh, the Marines is the more physically demanding, even though it's equally stressful. But in the Marines, I was very lean. I was on the all-Marine boxing team. So I was 165 pounds, which is, of course, my ultimate goal uh, that I'm working on returning back uh, to my what I call my fighting weight. Policing actually is more mentally taxing so it is actually very easy to become obese which most police officers are because all of these death shacks that i call them give us free food because they want us to patronize the area so you get free pizza free donuts free ice cream and free soda Uh, so you can very easily become obese the problem with that is that what we eat affects our mental health we know that the manipulation of sugar in the brain directly affects our mood and our behavior so it is absolutely critical that we get police officers to understand that this that this brain destructive way that police officers are eating it is not helping them with the stresses of that job and so yes um thankfully i have a more naturally laid-back personality but being a police officer and eating all and eating all of that junk food no it didn't make the job better it makes it worse because what you eat affects your ability to make decisions and affects your ability to handle stress and so it's a that's why i got out you know that's why i'm glad that i don't do it anymore because It's a lose-lose situation, Chuck, when you're, you're policing, especially when you're in the inner cities, you're policing communities that you know are being systematically destroyed with junk foods that lead to irrational behavior and what is called street crime. But then you have the police and they're eating as destructive as a eating style as people living in food deserts. And so you have the, the mentally ill policing the mentally ill and it is a recipe for disaster. And when you come out of that and you and you start eating to live, getting lean and healthy and fit and really doing a lot of research, you start to feel like, especially as a black male police officer, you start to feel like you're squeezed in between these two forces, these two insane forces and that you're really not making a difference whatsoever. Hmm. Um, and that's and that led to my disillusionment and that's why I'm so excited to be the minister of wellness because now I know that I am really able to make a difference uh, in our world by teaching help but absolutely police officers the um, the worst eating style, Uh, of of all populations to the point where I consider police officers to be their own group of people. I'd call them the blue people. Um.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I guess the, the, the donut stereotype is not much of a stereotype at all. That's pretty, pretty straight on.
1: It's worse. Wow, man. It's worse than donuts. Soul food. I would get free pizza from Papa John's and, Huge sodas from Quick Trip and uh, White— Cow- all of them gave us free food. McDonald's will give you all the burgers you want for free. Absolutely.
0: And the department didn't frown on that. They were like, cool with it.
1: No, they did frown on it because they taking advantage too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs> it's just I a no you.
1: perk. It's just a no you. perk. But listen, here's what will happen, Chuck. The food addiction was so powerful among police officers. What will happen is that police officers... They will be off duty and they will be putting on their uniform just to go and get free food for them and their family and would raise hell if the if the establishment was kind of like, okay, come on, man, you ain't got 20 free pizzas this week. This is a little bit too much. And and there were police officers in their food-addicted rage, they would start throwing full-blown temper tantrums. Mm. Terrifying people. I mean, how would you? How would you feel, Chuck, if you behind a counter at Domino's Pizza and you have a cop come in in full uniform, wanting free food, and you feel like that, no, I can't do it for you this time. And he's throwing and he starts throwing a full blown tantrum in uniform with his weapon.
0: Well, I certainly wouldn't expect that that morning when I woke up, that's for sure. I mean, it, (laughs) it would it would freak me out. But 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 you know what? The food addict in me completely understands that that kind of rage right? Like, you know, it immediately you're telling the story and I'm flashing back to all the times that I would try to detox off of that stuff. And my brain would just freak out because I needed my fix. And I wish, I wish more people understood just how addictive the food can be. Because when I say it's a fix, it is literally like a drug and that you have to get your fix, right? You were talking about logical, thinking earlier, man, there is nothing logical about the process of or your thought process when you are craving that food so much that you will go to lengths and put on the uniform when you're off duty and you're trying to score not just for you, but for your entire family, you know, like that is food addiction. So if there is an officer right now who's listening to this, and I know that we do have men and women on the force who listen to this show, like what would you recommend in terms of trying to at least establish some healthier habits for them while they are on duty? Is it bringing food with them? Is it, you know, talking to the store owners about seeing if they can get some healthier items in there, whether it's a 7-Eleven or a gas station or a bodega, whatever the case may be?
1: Well, listen, I lost 100 pounds as a police officer. I went, they witnessed me going from 260 to 160, all in the uniform, working 12, 14 hours a day. So yes, I am an expert on how to do it. How I did it was, first of all, I saturated myself with knowledge, okay? I would read any book on health that I could. Any book about plant based. I was reading it during my downtime. Also, I had audio tapes and I will be listening to it in the in the police car because a lot of police officers, they in these police cars and they either talking a bunch of garbage to whoever's in the car with them or they're listening to trash just like anybody else. Police officers are just regular people. So you need to educate yourself. You need to use your shift to be, to educate your mind about this destructive way of eating. You're going to get persecuted by the other police officers. I got persecuted, Chuck. Can you imagine what I went through in the midst of that type of culture? When they saw me going from 260 pounds, eating burgers and donuts with them. And all of a sudden I was showing up to work with a cooler. And when you open my cooler, I had a smoothie a salad and fruit. And that will carry me throughout the whole shift. Mm-hmm. That's what I ate. Can you imagine the persecution? I went? I had to tell some of them to shut up.
0: Absolutely, I can. Because what you're doing is you are like forcing them to think about making some choices differently themselves, right? And you're you're like making an addict take a hard look about what's going on. That's not an easy thing for somebody to comprehend. The easier thing for somebody to do, in my opinion, is to attack the person who's trying to disrupt, you know, their routine. And that's what that was. It wasn't so much a reflection on you. It was like, crap, I'm not ready to make the change. So let me lash out at this guy.
1: Right. And that's exactly what happened. And so they witnessed me. uh, I would have I would have to go down. I would eat in my car. So, yes, taking your food with you, being disciplined, I would eat in my car. I would try to avoid eating around. They would ask. I remember this one guy. I was in the report writing room where you go write your police reports, and I had a kale salad with apples and raisins. And uh, the guy came, police officer came. He was like, you know, always that meat. And I was like, no, you idiot. Those are raisins. Like what type of stupid question? But that's what I would get all the time, and it was very annoying. Now there were that. I will say this, Chuck, it wasn't all doom and gloom by me doing that. I became very popular and I started health coaching police. Also this goes in, this is the pre ordination of the minister of wellness days where it it were, it was a slew of police officers that were sincere and I, I start coaching them, writing them out meal plans, referring them to the books I was reading. And, um and i became a personal trainer while i was still police officer. i called myself back then the body fat destroyer because i had got down to like 4% body fat i even started boxing again and i competed in the guns and hoses tournament so um so overall i enjoyed the process and how my mentality is the more the haters came out they actually pushed me they pushed me Um, to to keep going because the more they would tell me, Nate, you're getting too small, the smaller I wanted to get. And I literally didn't stop until I was all the way at 160 pounds. And I stayed that way um, until until I uh, left the police department.
0: Yeah, man. And you know what? You just said something that's so important for everyone to remember is that you're going to face a lot of criticism about things when you, you you start to change up your diet and you start to disrupt uh, your system and people are taking a look like, oh, I'm not ready to do that. But you know what? There are a lot of other people who are ready to make some changes and they're just waiting to come out of the woodwork. And if you show them the way, well, then you can be the Pied Piper of health, baby. like So let's go because soon enough, you're going to have your own healthy army behind you and it can be a glorious thing. I I mean, you you experienced that firsthand.
1: Yes, yeah, I experienced that, and and that's what that's when I found out I was put on this earth for a higher purpose than just patrolling around in a police car car waiting for sick people to do stupid things to themselves. Uh, that let's let's tackle this real beast because we know that poor nutrition is linked to crime. We know yeah. that uh, saturated fats and fried foods a link to the increase in homicide. So what are we really doing here? What am I really doing? Am I really in a position to really fight the beast or I'm just cleaning up the scraps that's left over? And so now I'm in a position to where let's fight this monster head on because you're right. This is a drug like addiction that people are going through. And one of the things I love about being a health preacher is that I have the luxury Chuck of speaking more straightforward than my other counterparts do because we're all in this battle together. Me, you, we all have our own role, we all have our own way of attacking this this monster. So for me, I call it the satanic American diet.
0: Man, I'm I'm having fun with this. Um <laughs> So straight straight shoot me about this. Everybody reaches a tipping point to make their own changes, and it sounds like witnessing your own family's deterioration of health was one of those things that contributed to your decision, but... You also mentioned that you split your pants while you were in uniform as a cop. <laughs> now, as a dude who used to like split his fair share of pants, that used to weigh up. Like I hear you laughing, and I laugh about it now too, man. But it did weigh on me. Like that is yeah. embarrassing, man. What what happened to you <laughs> the day that you split your pants?
1: And I did it about three times, Chuck. I because you got to put the police belt on, and my waist had got up to forty five inches, so as i'm going from 225 to 260 and and yeah man trying to look sharp because i'm military so i want to look sharp so i tuck my shirt all the way in so i can look sharp and put the belt on uh too tight and yeah those pants are just a little bit too snug and you squat down a little bit and you hear that crack and you just hope that it's not big enough to where people gonna see your boxes in between the cracks
0: (laughs) So, like, what, what do you what do you do? Do you like call in and be like, you know, uh, take me offline for a little bit? I got to go change my pants. Like, how how does this play out? Right? No, I just
1: you finish the shift and then you go to the uniform store. And you get bigger pants, but like I said, the hope is that it's not so big that you can make it through the shift. So that that's what I would do. I would just uh, I would just go ahead and, and thankfully most of the time. Uh, I was in a car by myself because my policing style was very laid back. I wasn't no gung ho police officer. Like you ain't gonna catch me on the news. Uh, I'm just <laughs> here to take care of my family. <laughs> so most of the time, the gung ho police officers—they didn't really. I was just—I was the police officer that you know would respond to basic calls and so forth. So they usually kept me by myself. So when I was split my pants, uh, I was by myself. And so I was able to kind of just stay under the radar until I could make it home and get some bigger pants. <laughs>
0: man, that's brutal, man. And I'm hoping you were wearing some dark colored boxers that day and not some bright tidy whities or something, man. I mean, my goodness, man, that's just, oh, man. I remember being in high school and uh, having a pair of khakis. I was working at a golf course at the time and I'm just a lowly maintenance guy, like trying to fit this, like f- it was probably like a 48 inch waist at that point into these 42 inch pants. And it was struggling, man. I felt bad for that button thinking back, man, cause that button was holding on for dear life, but it wasn't the button that gave, it was the back of the pants. And I bent over to take <laughs> out the trash and it went, I mean, all the way down, all the way down, man. I'm telling Luckily, you mine's
1: wasn't all the way down but it was big enough to where yeah so uh, thankfully that was that was the thing because if not I would have had to go I would have had to went and I don't know how I would have explained that without being the fun of joke. because police officers are extremely cruel <laughs> in in talking about each other and so you don't want to be the, the cop
0: that's known for having split his pants <laughs> Dude, I'm t- right you i mean seriously you would never live that one down i mean it I is, it's known. a locker it's a, it's a locker room environment isn't it yes. it's like that macho yes, locker room environment absolutely it is i mean does that make it i mean it sounds like it does because we kind of talked about this a little bit a, even more difficult to introduce the idea of eating healthier right because You know, you talk about eating like burgers and hot dogs and chips and like chicken wings. Like these are macho kind of manly foods that I don't care who you are or where you come from. When you go to a game and you're tailgating or you're watching a game at home. These are the things that you eat because these are the macho kind of foods. I mean, that's got to present its own kind of obstacle, right? It does.
1: It does. Because I used to think stupidly like that when I was in the Marines witnessing a vegetarian, you know, and you know, I was, you know, thinking all of these uh, and that's, that's what toxic masculinity is. When there's this belief system that you have to kill, you have to contribute to torturing and murdering God's creation. When uh, the book of Proverbs chapter 12 verse 10 states that the righteous cares for animals, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel tender mercy. So that's for all you people who think that because you raising animals in your backyard, that that's okay to torture and kill them just so you can get protein that you don't need. So yes, that, that toxic masculinity about nutrition, but yet you can keep poisoning yourself with that tortured, murdered animal flesh. And when your prostate swells up, and you have to bend over for that rectal exam. Have fun. I'll stick to my fruits and vegetables.
0: <laughs> you do, man. You just tell it like it is. Holy cow, you pulled no punches. The boxer has come out. The man pulls no punches. Um, let's talk about a little bit more about you. Um, when you when you decided to make this change, was it a gradual thing for you or was it an overnight the switches flipped and I'm just gonna do this thing?
1: I'm an overnight. Uh, flip a switch type of person. Okay, that's my personality. So when I'm in something, I'm in it 100. percent So no, once I read, uh, once I realized the truth about all these lies, I dived right in. When I went strictly on plants, I started having loose bowel movements, uh, headaches. But I was learning about that. That's what I would go through. So I was excited. So no, I went on a tear. I went. All, I'm not a I'm not a lukewarm personality, Chuck. I'm I'm an in or I'm an out person, which is my downfall when it comes to uh, vegan junk food. Because uh, I'm somebody that when I'm on, I'm 100% and I'll lose a whole lot of weight, lean, fit, rip. But then if you, if you put me if you give me 30 days on vegan soul food and vegan ice cream and vegan this and vegan that, I give I can pick up 50, 60 pounds in a heartbeat uh, because I don't I do not do well. So, so the answer is with my personality type, once I learned it, what was killing my father about all of these lies being taught about nutrition and Christianity, once I learned that I I zeroed in um and that's where my mindset is now I am I am locked in on what can I do in my short life to to get people away from big pharma especially especially people of faith to understand that when you're eating yourself to death is a form of idolatry because God doesn't want you to be sick. You're sick because you're not listening to him, you're listening to your stomach. So now your cravings is your God. Your stomach is your God. That's one problem. Then you do that, you're worshiping your addiction, not God, and you get sick. And now you go to a system that, that has taken real medicine that God created synthesize it and turn it into this warped synthetic garbage and that's very dear to my heart Chuck because the scriptures is very clear that um that that is not supposed to be that that's not supposed to be uh, we are uh, the, the scriptures state I have created medicines from the earth so if we do fall to the belly God if we fall to the belly guide and we get high blood pressure, get diabetes, develop cancer, we're so there is a system of healing through eating, supplementation, herbs, outlined in the scripture that we're supposed to seek. But instead we, uh, we become, we become fearful. And then that fear leads us into arguably the most wicked industry that's, that's running this entire world. And that's the formal pharmaceutical
0: industry. The belly god. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna use that one with credit. I'm gonna I'm gonna ban, cause God knows I've worshiped that belly god for a long, hey, long, man. long time. Hey,
1: yes, sir. I, I mean true. <laughs> it's a I beast mean. Ain't it? that belly god is it's an amazing thing. And the belly god, it does not, and that's the that's the answer to the question, Chuck, when I ask. The Lord, if for anybody watching this, you're asking the Lord for healing. He's giving you your answer. Your answer is that to repent of that belly God. You are worshiping your stomach because you have let sorcerers that have put all of these toxic drugs in food to hook your brain. And so we have to turn from that. We have to repent of that, and we have to and and we have to do whatever knowledge and seeking that we have to do to overcome that belly guy. Because if you don't, yes, the Lord doesn't care if you have the morals of mother Teresa, if you don't repent of that belly guy, your sweet personality and everything you're doing in life is going to go up. It's going to go up in ashes, no matter how much it will pain our creator. He can't be in his biological laws of cause and effect for us, brothers and sisters. He couldn't do it to my father. Who, and, and listen, I have five brothers, and me and my brothers, we ain't never seen my father look at no other woman except my mother that he was married to for 40 years. He would wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and pray, and he would preach and all of these things, and and, and yet I watched him tortured by the satanic American diet, absolutely tortured. To where he had no desire to live anymore when he was on that feeding tube. And so that's what drives my pain, brother uh, Chuck, is that I see sweet people who are sincerely worshiping God to the best of their ability. And yet it pains me because I know no matter how strong your faith is in other areas, that belly God is going to destroy you. And God can't be he can't change that for you. He can't you have to get rid of that belly God and my ministry, my entire life mission is is how to help you to get away from that belly guy
0: dude oh, and 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 you know what, man? you you talk about that belly God some more. and I think back again to. My own circumstances and it's like i did not have a lot of money a lot of times i didn't have two pennies to rub together but you know what somehow every day i came up with the money to tithe at the church of taco bell You know what i mean i mean it's just amazing (laughs) the pull of the belly god um a couple more quick things before i let you go uh we talked a lot about your weight loss which is great but your triglycerides also just i mean plummeted in the most marvelous of ways man you went from like 300 down to 70.
1: yes 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 got rid of that toxic animal flesh um i have a bone to pick with the meat industry and and for those of you that might be watching because one of the popular questions I get as a minister is yeah but Jesus ate fish and fed the multitude of fish no he didn't and I challenge everybody to go to my YouTube channel the Minister of Wellness every Saturday slash Saturdays Sabbath days I have a Bible based study Chuck where I take the scriptures and prove that every single verse in the Bible is talking about health and so I challenge everybody to go to my YouTube channel and participate in those um, so that you can come from under that brainwashing, that we're not that, that, that the optimal perfect way of the, of our creator is to, is to completely abstain from shedding blood for food. It is not necessary. So yes, my triglycerides drop, my cholesterol drop, my heart enlargement reversed my blood pressure reversed, but better yet, I've helped thousands to do the same. One of my our greatest success stories, I do free health coaching on my YouTube channel, the Ministry of Wellness. Motivation Mondays, Wellness wins I come on for free, Chuck. And I just answer, I take all questions, all comments, all challenges, I take them on. Because that, that belly guide concerning that meat has a particular demonic stronghold on people. That, that animal flesh. It has a particular stronghold on people. And and so, uh, during our, my health coaching, there's a 74 year old lady, and she has, in 40 days, when she first came to my ministry, she was balled up in pain from rheumatoid arthritis. Couldn't even juice, because I'm very big on juicing. And now, after a 40 day fruit fast, she's pain free, she's a juicing machine, she can stand up and walk she's doing physical therapy and we can't wait she's determined that she's going to walk down the aisle uh september the 16th uh, for our big event in washington dc so that's the biggest blessing that i have that every single day i know that there is somebody whose life is being impacted in a positive way because the most high chose a nobody like me to deliver this type of message. And and listen, I have people from all denominations, Chuck, within the so-called Christian faith or whatever you want to call it, that follow me and they tell me we have no other Bible-believing ministry to turn to. You're all we have. And so I have a great responsibility on my plate, which sometimes becomes overwhelming to understand that Anybody that believes in the Bible and Jesus and God and wants to change their health, but wants to not so much, I don't want to so much hear from the science. I want to hear what God has to say. I'm all they got. I'm all they got.
0: Mm. That's, a, that's a heavy burden, man, but you are the right man to carry that. If you are the only one, then sir, you shepherd that flock and you shepherd it well, my friend. Um I think that you have nothing but a bright future and my final question to you before we talk about september 16th that big event at the union temple baptist church here in dc um is let's keep this thing biblical uh you being a man of faith i remember very well what i would call my last supper right before i, I went on my diet um and that was 18 inches of cheese steak and i'm talking like double meat double cheese and then a big old bucket i mean the bucket a <laughs> bucket of fries and a big old soda from Jerry's. It wasn't even Taco Bell. I was going all in on some cheesesteak that night. 18 inches. Do you remember what your last supper was?
1: You know, we have similar appetite. That sounded good. Yeah. 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 I, now, these days, I would do that just a vegan version. <laughs> right. <laughs> You <laughs> right got on. the same appetite, man. Triple, triple stack cheeseburgers, fries, just good old satanic American style, man. Yeah, pizza, lots of meat pizza and, um, yeah, cookies and, um, you know, dominoes. I would do dominoes. I would do, yeah, being on Chinese food, you know, that's a staple, especially in the black communities, fried uh, rice. I mean, buckets of fried food. Oh man, don't sleep on know, the General So's chicken waist, though. No, you sound like
0: me. <laughs> oh, oh well, we could have thrown down back in the day, no oh, yeah, doubt, my absolutely. friend. No doubt. No doubt you and I would have been best friends for sure, man. I mean, daggone, we could have been the buffet brothers for real, man. Like we're just we're solving the world's racial disharmony with food, man. I'm telling you. But you know what, like like on a real tip, we have the same opportunity now, just on a much healthier front. You know what I mean? It's like we can really uh, solve a lot of our divide if we could just take better care of each other and, and, and ourselves. And I do mean that from the bottom of my heart, because I feel like if you invest in yourself, you're going to command better of yourself, and you're not going to have time for this foolishness that we see so much of right now, right? Because you feel better, you're going to act better, you're going to want to help other people uh, in this life as well. And that, as you very well know, is what it's all about, man. And I would think that that's going to be a big part of your message on September 16th at the Union Temple Baptist Church here in D.C.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, this This is a real big event that we're having. September 16th is free. So we're inviting everyone to come out to the nation's capital uh, for the health revolution. And it doesn't matter what race you are. My ministry does uh, focus on the health disparities that exist in the black community at a disproportionate rate. And so of course, Union Temple Baptist Church is right there in the heart of the black community in Washington, DC. And I'm proud to have connected with brother Rock Newman, but uh, on uh, when we did our last event there, in the heart of the black community of Washington DC, the Physicians Committee of Responsible Medicine was present. And the Physician Committees of Responsible Medicine's own Dr. Ruby Lathan, who, who I call a, a inner city food activist. And she will be having delicious plant-based soul food, plenty of desserts. And so come on out and, and, and be a part of an experience that you won't forget especially if you've never heard me deliver. If you think I'm excited and pumped up doing this interview, uh, with Chuck and, you know, you, you ain't heard nothing yet. If you to come and hear me speak in live and deliver an uncensored, unfiltered uh, message that I can't state because all of my full health sermons are not on social media. Uh, they are on, you'd have to be a part of my email list, which by the way, the minister of wellness.com, if you go to the minister of a pop up box appears. You can enter your email and get a free copy of my biblical principles that eradicate obesity and all disease book that includes recipes. So I'm excited about Saturday, September the 16th. Again, it's free. You can register at the minister of under health seminars. The minister of wellness.com under health seminars. It will not be live streamed because we want everybody. To stop being afraid and to come out and to make the sacrifice to be there in person for an experience that will radically change your life
0: and you know we're going to make that real easy we've got a link for you right down there in the show description or in the episode notes if you're listening to the podcast so go ahead September the 16th I think it's going to be a great event and as he said the revolution will not be televised you must be there in person my friend uh the minister of wellness Nate Jordan man this has just been a blast talking to you thank you so much for your time my friend
1: thank you thank you Chuck it was my honor
0: Minister of Wellness, Nathaniel Jordan, certainly somebody I hope to have back on the show. Would love to get him here with Rock Newman in the future, talk about how he's been training up the trainer to take charge of his health. But in the meantime, you can catch them both September 16th in Washington, D.C. at the Union Temple Baptist Church. There's a link to reserve your seat right now in the episode notes or just hop on over to the ministerofwellness.com. That is the man right there, Nathaniel Jordan. Good guy. Man, what a great conversation. Seriously, I texted him. I said, man, that was a great interview. Texted him on a number of occasions to say that. Just a great guy. Really, really, really awesome individual. Coming up on the next show, another awesome individual with a much different story, but nonetheless, a friend of the show in the highest regard. Dr. Will Bolsowitz will be back on the exam room live. Now, you can join us live Wednesday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Physicians Committee's YouTube channel or Facebook page. or catch the replay right back here on the podcast. First thing on Thursday. Also coming up, have an amazing interview with the former UCLA football player who beat cancer, now eating an exclusively plant based diet and living his best life. Pete Holland will be on the show very soon. Also, Jeremy and Jordan Allen, known as the brothers behind the brand, all love, no beef. Such a great show coming up. You're going to hear their story. And then another live Q&A with Dr. Neil Barnard coming up September 20th. Again, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Check us out on YouTube or on Facebook. So much to do. Plus interviews with Dr. Steve Loam and Tim Kaufman from Fat Man Rants. All coming up very soon here on the show. Plus, you want to join us live? You want to join us in person? How about joining us for a live show with the entire Esselstyn family? Because we're going to do that as we honor them their legacy, their contributions to make the world a healthier place. We're doing that November 7th at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. Would love for you to join us. Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn, Rip Esselstyn, Anne and Jane Esselstyn all will be on hand that night, and you should be too. It will be a show unlike any that we have ever done before. And hopefully, we can get sweet 80-something-year-old Anne to do some exercises with us up on stage. Maybe, maybe tug one of those big heavy tires that she's been known to do a time or two and post that video up on Instagram. So that is November 7th at the National Press Club. Tickets are available right now. Click the link in the episode notes or visit pcrm.org events to save your seat. And if you're in the Omaha area, I will be speaking at the Healthy for a Lifetime event there on September 23rd. And you can reserve your seats for that right now. Get your tickets at healthyforalifetime.org or, of course... We've got the link to that in the episode notes as well. And, well, as long as I'm in the Midwest, why not hang out for a little bit? I'll be at the St. Louis VegFest on October 1st. Going to be speaking there with the Doc and Chef, Dr. Jim Loomis and Karen Dugan. Also, our friend, John Badass Vegan Lewis will be there as well. We've got the links for you in the episode notes. There's a lot coming up. And still more to come. I promise you, we've got some more exciting announcements before the year is up. And we're already looking at doing some really fun things in the new year as well. But for today, that is going to wrap things up. I want to say thank you one more time to the Minister of Wellness, my guy, Nathaniel Jordan, for being here and sharing his incredible journey with us. Such a great conversation. And I like that, the satanic American diet. How true is that, my friend? So very true. For everyone at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, as always... Keep it plant-based.